He said, they are not looking for me. And he said, I want you to look at the world around you. They know there is a God and he's big. They know it. They know there's a God and he's good. There's no way in the world to live somewhere like that and not know that God is benevolent. Now, in the world today, and I need to do this one Sunday morning, go to Luke 11 while I'm talking. Uh, Lisa and I went to Alaska one year, and, you know, in the light of the modern-day lie that there's lack, it's a lie. It's a bald-faced lie. What if Adam had not died? How many people be on this earth? 650 billion? A lot of people. How would God take care of them? And would they be wealthy? Would he meet their needs? You bet he would. He did not make the earth with lack. There's no lack in this planet. Lack is totally man-made. Poverty is man-made. Poverty is a lifestyle of people who don't know God. You say, well, I'm poor. Well, stay in church a little while. Hang around us a little bit. Give us a chance to rub on you a little bit. And you'll get over it. Because everywhere he goes, he said, the kingdom, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth, just like heaven. So let's go back to my story, because, and I need to, I'm, I'm going to do a whole two or three weeks on prosperity one day. Not so you can be covetous, but so that you quit being so broke and enjoy your life and then be able to go on a vacation and not have to worry whether you can pay for it or not. Thank you. So, so God is a benevolent God, and it's obvious. We went to Alaska one time, and did you know the fish in the rivers? They talk about the, the salmon migrating. Did you know that a blind man could take a bow and arrow and hit a fish? Because there's so many of them between here and that back wall in three feet of water, it, you could walk across the river on their backs. And, the, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of them. Every creek looks like that. And that's just a, you know, there's just, there's no shortage of fish. There aren't any shortage of fish. What does a whale eat a day? A lot more than you do. I mean, he just opens his mouth and just sucks up thousands of fish. And then they got people out there going, well, we got to watch out whether your fish you caught's too big or too little. That's all the biggest bunch of baloney you ever heard in your life. So Lisa and I are standing, there's, there's a berry in Alaska called a salmon berry. And there, it looks like a blackberry, but it's kind of an orange-yellow, and it's real tasty. I just got out of the car and stood in one spot and ate until I was full. And there was three miles of them. And you know what's happening to the ones I didn't eat? They fall and rot. There, God is a benevolent God. There's no shortage of God. There's no shortages. There's no such thing as shortage. So let me ask you a question. Is there a valve on Rock Springs? You know Why? Because God made it, not man. Man is the only one wanting to put a valve on everything. That's true. And you know what it's for? A little alligator down the river, God wants him to stay wet. Man, God does not have the same mindset we do. So when I'm looking at, and I, when I'm on the island, and I'm looking at all the poverty, and I asked the Lord, and he said this, he said, he said, I don't want you 
to carry the weight of all these people on your shoulders that you're looking at. In other words, they don't mind me obey. See, I need to obey God. I don't need to do what I'm not supposed to be doing. I'm not, the whole world coming to Jesus is not on my shoulders. It's on Jesus's. I'm on vacation. I'm going to enjoy my vacation. I'm not going to worry about all the heathen. Now, if the Lord tells me to talk to somebody, I will. But he said this to me. He said, if they turn to me at all, I mean just glance my way. I'll meet them, but they're not. There are people who own this planet who live their whole life and die and never meet God one time. Eighty years is a long time for you to take 60 seconds out of your life. Are you all out there? Did you go home? I'm going to read this in Luke 11. Are you all there? If you're not there, then look on to someone because you'll never find it. Now, if y'all are quiet on me, I'm preaching longer. <laughs> Luke 11, and this is the scripture he gave me, 9, and I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open. The word will or shall is the strongest word in the English language. The word, when God said Shall, that means it will happen and there is nothing that will stop it. In other words, any human on the planet that turns his attention to God at all. Now I'm going to say something to you because you know I'm not talking about the people in the islands. I'm talking to you. The reason you don't know more is you're not looking for it. God will give you everything you look for. Now think about what I just said. He said, seek and you shall. You say, well, there's a lot I don't know. Well, that's because you've never gone looking for it. You got people like Elon Musk. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not a Christian. If he is, he's not a good one. But how come that guy's doing all? Well, he's looking. You're a born-again, spirit-filled Christian full of God. And he said he'll show you all things. Well, why don't you know it? Well, you're not looking. It is very important that you take part of your life and go find God because he is hiding. And he's not showing up in everybody's life, but he is showing up in anyone and everyone who wants to know him. Yes, amen. I'm telling you, you slow down a moment and go, God, I love you. I want to thank you today for dying on the cross and taking my place because I would have gone to hell if it hadn't have been for you. And I know you love me. I look at this earth and I can tell you're big. I can tell you're benevolent. And I can look at Jesus and tell you love me. And I'm just going to sit right here for a few minutes and just stop and open up my Bible and spend a few minutes and just talk to you and, talk and just ask you some questions and let you know I sure do appreciate what you did for me. I sure do appreciate the fact that you love me. And I just want to spend a few minutes and tell you how much I love you and appreciate you. And don't you tell me he won't come. Oh, he will come. But you know, in America today, we are very distracted. And you're spending a lot of time doing nothing. You die and go, 
That was a waste. <laughs> On your deathbed, what's important? That's what's important right now. Are you saved? And is your family going? Other than that, don't worry about it. And I want to say something else. I want you to just don't throw anything at me. Stop pretending your backslidden kids are going to heaven. Stop it. They're not. But God will answer your prayers if you'll get busy. Are you listening to me? I'm, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Quit pretending. Everything is fine. It's not. They need to be in church. If they're not in church with the Bible out and loving Jesus, they may, they may not be going to hell, but their whole life is messed up and they'll die early. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And what he meant by nothing is the Greek word nothing. I don't know Greek, but I know English, and I can tell you right now, nothing means nothing. I've had times when there was nothing in the cupboard, and that means nothing. And I've had times there's nothing in the checkbook, and that means nothing. I know what nothing is. I know what something is, and I know what nothing is, and I like something a whole lot better than nothing. Amen. Boy, amen. Hallelujah. That's real deep. Now, look at verse, look at verse 10. Everyone. Say everyone. everyone. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks everybody I mean I don't care who you are I don't care what you did in the past I don't care how bad you've been he said everybody that turns his face to God God will show up and show him what he doesn't know has never known before yes, amen. not interested in what you did in the past not interested in your past didn't Jesus show you that with a woman that, with a woman at the well it didn't matter about the fact that she'd had a hundred thousand husbands or 10 or 5 or how many she had. When the woman caught in adultery, he wasn't so worried about her past. But he was concerned about her right now, honey. Right now, baby. Right now. What are you doing right now? Forget yesterday. What about right now? I'm going to say something to you right now. Many of you right now, you need to stop what you're doing. Slow down and seek God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things. Quit seeking things. Quit think. God will give you so much junk. I told Lisa one time, I said, we need, I need to quit buying junk because right now I hate the, the tag month, the tag month, when I have to put tags on everything I own. We have three cars, one boat, one jet ski, three kayaks, two paddle boards, swimming pool. I had a four-wheeler. I gave it to Justin. I just got tired of buying tags for all my toys. After a while, you just give all your junk away because you let someone else buy the tags for it. <laughs> Never had a jet ski hug me yet. I had one try to hit me one time. I've got to tell you a story right now. It's really bad. It's on me. It's not on Lisa. You know, the, the, the jet ski says wave jumper. Is that what it says? Wave something. Wave runner. Wave runner. So I went out in the ocean with it, with Lisa on the back, to see how good it would do. Well, we jumped a wave and I lost Lisa. <laughs> and on the way off, she said, stupid. I told you not to do it. She said, don't do it. But you know, I'm a little bit hard-headed. But... And then after it threw me off, I had that little bracelet on me. 
had a jet ski turns off and dives into the wave, and I can hear Lisa back there in a the wave somewhere coughing and sputting and going, what in the world were you doing? Well, I'm a, it says wave runners, it's wave jumper. I never took it back out there again. It's just not a very good wave jumper. It has a hard time holding on to its passengers. And I don't have any idea why I told you all that. But anyway, we still have it. And um, anyway, go to Exodus chapter 3. I'm trusting God that you're leaving today very different. I believe God to give you the best life you've ever had. I want you... Well, I skipped a scripture. I skipped, I shouldn't have skipped that scripture. Go to Exodus 3. I'm going to Romans 1. Y'all just go there and I'll catch up to you in a moment. I want to show you a scripture about the, the lost. It says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God showed it to them. There is no such thing as an atheist. I got to pray down here at the city hall one time, and an atheist came in and told the mayor he wanted to pray. And I said, to whom? But I, I, made, I like to have fun with sinners. Thank you all. And I said, I don't believe in atheists because God doesn't believe in them. And I said, the fact that you're an atheist is proof there's a God because unless there's a God, there's no need for you. Boy, y'all will get this in a minute. Just, the fact that there, there is an atheist proves that there has to be a God to be against him. You can't be against nothing. And if there was nothing, it wouldn't matter. The fact that they're so torqued out of shape is proof they do believe in God. And I'm going to tell you another story right now. Are you all ready? I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Say amen. amen. Dr. Osborne went to China one time, and he was sitting there in their government, and he said, I want to compliment you that you believe in my Jesus. And they said, and they were talking to each other, and they went, wing chong, wing wong, king, king, wing chong, wing. And they said, we do not believe in your Jesus. And he said, no, no, no. I want to compliment you because you do believe in my Jesus. And they went, oh, say, wang ching, wang ching. And they were back and forth with each other. If you're Chinese, don't get mad at me. That's the best I can do. And they said, we don't believe in your Jesus. He said, oh, you do believe in my Jesus. He said, Dr. Osborne, why do you say we believe in your Jesus? He said, well, you won't let me do a crusade because you know that all of your people will come to Jesus. And that's why I know you believe in my Jesus because you won't let me do a crusade in China. Now, a sinner knows there is a God. Now, your relatives know. They know. They know they're wrong. Now, I'm going to tell you how you know they know. I'm going to give you the number one way to know they know they're backslidden. They're blaming you for their problems. That's true. That's true. Mama, it's your fault. 
and it's yours and dad's and I turned out the way that I did. Well, let me tell you something, you little, little runt. If, if you wanted to know now, you could obey God and he'd get you out of what your mom and dad didn't do for you. I didn't have a dad. I didn't turn out so bad. I got a new dad. I call God on Father's Day. I celebrate God. Now, I'm not saying that I'm against my dad. He just wasn't, he wasn't, he's a good Marine and he was a good pilot, but he's just not a good dad. And I don't know because he was never home. So, so I said all that because a lot, because anytime, listen, any, anytime there's sin, anytime there's sin, there's blaming. That's not my fault. You're a victim because you're full of sin. Because you wouldn't be a victim if you were walking with God because he don't have no victim kids. You'd be a victor. If you want to be a victor, then give up your sin and become a, vic a victor instead of a victim. You see, I can straighten out all the problems in America in just 35 minutes. Come to Jesus. I love to go to Washington and preach. Are you serious? There are more sinners in Washington, D.C. than there is anywhere on the planet. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I want to know something. I wonder what Rockefeller is doing right now. What, what, what do you, how do you think he's, I mean, you know, he started the New World Order, and he was a billionaire, and he, uh, and he screwed up the economy, and screwed up all the food systems, and screwed up the whole world, and I wonder what he thinks about it right this minute. Oh, come over here, I don't think y'all, have y'all even thought about, I mean, everybody that's ever lived is still alive. Don't join them. Everybody that's ever lived is still alive. Somewhere. Rockefeller's down there right now going, Oh, hell. Did I screw up? And you think about this. All his life, if he'd have turned his face once to God, I want to know you. You say, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't know about that, Pastor. What about all those people in the foreign countries where there's no missionaries? No, God's not that small. There was a man in India, and I read the story years ago a man in India that walked out and said, you know, we serve a God that doesn't answer prayers, and I can tell by looking around me there is a God somewhere. And I don't know who you are, and I don't know what your name is, but I want to know you. This is, D this is India. I went to India. You know what they did when I got there? They tried to rub the chalk off me. You see, people have never seen white. Yeah. That's odd. They'd run up to me and go. <laughs> see, we get that white off of you, you know. They'd come up and I'd go, boom. <laughs> Little kids would dive. <laughs> An angel appeared to this man and said, there is a man coming that will tell you about the one true God. And when that man said that, God gave a missionary in England a dream and said, I want you to go to India to a certain village. I'll tell you something, God knows your address. He can get, if you, listen, you want to know anything, God will get it to you. Anything. Anything. You know why some of y'all are sick? Because you're not seeking God. You want well, but you don't want God. 
If you wanted to know, he'd show you. Are you listening to me? If you want to know it, he'll show it to you. Anything, anything. I've got to tell you another story. Because i got all the time in the world. This is not the espresso service. i got all day. But I'm going to make a point. I'm going to make a point. I was down in uh, Barahia, Columbia with Dr. Till Osborne. I don't know him personally, but Kevin took me down there, and I got to be in the crusade, and I got to preach in the church down there, and, and then I had to, got to have lunch with him. Oh, I enjoyed every minute of it, just spending with one of the greatest men of God that ever walked the face of this earth. Just to sit and have lunch with this man, it's like, I've died and gone to heaven, hallelujah. But I'm down there and I'm watching him preach on, in the crusade and he tells a story because he's, he's up there praying for people. See, T.L.'s just a man. They got to get a hold of God. He's preaching the gospel, but they got to get a hold of God. Listen, you have to get a hold of God. You got to get him to come out of hiding. So T.L.'s preaching and, um, and he's praying for the sick and people are getting out of wheelchairs and there was a very wealthy woman. I know you heard this story before, but y'all are slow learners, so you're going to hear it again. Very wealthy woman then and her, and, her, and her chauffeur brought her in a limousine and got her and put her in a wheelchair and she's out there listening to T.L. preach. And the chauffeur was a Christian and he says, ma'am, you know, when he gives the altar call, would you like to go forward? And she goes, no, uh, I, don't, I don't need religion. I have my religion. She's Catholic. She's just religious. She's not a Christian, but she's got her religion. She says, I came for healing. Well, that night, he prays for the sick, and nothing happens to her. And so the next night, the chauffeur brought her back, and nothing happened again. And the third night, you know, she's, she's over there doing a rosary, a little beads. I don't know, I don't know what, that's, I don't know what the, all that's for. I'm not sure it does anything. But anyway, if you enjoy doing it, have fun. It's worthless, but, it, it, you can, but at least you're having fun. <laughs> with your beads. And you little boys, and you're playing with your marbles and slingshots and all the stuff you all play with. But. So she's doing a little rosary beads, and during the crusade that night when he was praying for the sick, she looks up in the crusade, and there's a Jesus is laying his hands on people. And she sees him. Oh, probably 100 yards away. He's up in the front of the crusade, and he's walking by, and he's, he's taking his hands, and he's laying them on people in the wheelchairs. And when he walks away, they get up. And she's like, oh, God, come this way. Oh, come this way. And he starts heading that her direction, and he walks up, and he lays his hands on another person in the wheelchair, and they get out. And he's getting closer and closer to her. And she's sitting there. She can't get up. And he walks right by her and never looks at her. And it breaks her heart. And she said, why did you walk by me? Why did you walk by me? You didn't even look at me. Chauffeur puts her back in her wheelchair and takes her home that night. And the next night, she says, take me to the crusade. He takes her to the crusade, and she's listening to T.L. preach. He gets to the altar call. She said, you push me forward. You see, Jesus didn't walk by her. She walked by him. I'm going to say something to you. If you don't pay attention to him, he won't give you the time of day. Amen. 
Some of you don't know God, you know about him. The Bible says they that know God. That word know is the same word Adam knew Eve. That's an intimate term. If you're not intimate with God, he's not intimate with you. So he pushes her forward and she prays the sinner's prayer. And she stands up and walks out of her wheelchair. God's not interested in giving you your healing. He wants you. God did everything that he did so it would get your attention. Now, I'm going to tell you about me. Do you know why I buy Lisa jewelry? Because I want her to love me. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Well, she's worth it. Ladies say, I'm worth it. Now, I'm going to tell you how I took her away from her boyfriend. I'll come over here and tell you. These kids don't want to know. Now, she had a boyfriend who was tall, dark, and handsome, and I'll say this, and not very intelligent. Because I saw him, she dropped him off and parked the car. And I was behind him. And I went, I will take her from you. Because you're stupid. And then I asked her, and she said that she went on a date, and she paid, and he paid. And I went, that's it. So I called her one day and took her out. And I show up at the door with flowers. And then I went around the car door and I opened it. Ladies, help me out. Come on. I opened the door and let her sit down and I closed the door and I went around and sat down. And I took her to a real nice restaurant. I found out what she likes. We're not going where I want to go. We're going where she wants to go. Well, I took her to Chi-Chi's and she wanted and she loves Mexican food. Joshua, when she's pregnant, does not like Mexican food, but Lisa loves Mexican. She loves Taco Bell. This is not Taco Bell. This is Chi-Chi's. And we go in there, and I pull the chair out, and she sat in the other chair. And I said, the other boyfriend did not train you very well. And I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I said, um, she stood up and came around, and I put the chair in. And when the bill came, I paid it. And I took her home, and then the next day, I took her home and fed her shrimp and, and um, crab and her first good steak she ever ate in her life. And she told me that she doesn't like steak. That's because her mother brought, bought those little, what do you call those things? Flat iron. Flat iron, flat. Whatever's the shoe leather and baked it. If you're from up north, don't bake a steak. <laughs> Buy a black iron skillet and put butter in it and salt that thing up and throw it over in that pan and don't you cook it to death. And when you're eating it, it'll make you want to slap. So she said to me, I don't want no steak. And I cooked her one anyway. Because, see, I knew she didn't know. I knew she didn't know. And so she says, I only want the salad. I gave her the salad. She ate the salad. Mm -hmm. 
And then I gave her the steak, and she says, I'll try one bite. Now, she ate that whole steak. <laughs> and then she started looking at mine. Like, I don't like this steak. Well, you see, I proposed after that, and she jumped on me and said, yes. Huh? A little skewed. A little skewed? <laughs> I had a hard time peeling her off of me like a banana, man. She just <laughs> loved that shrimp. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, she's smart. She married me, didn't she? Right. All right. So the other boyfriend went bye-bye. Now, I don't know why I told all y'all that. I don't, know I don't know either, but it was good. I know y'all needed to hear it. Go to Exodus chapter 3 now. Go to Exodus chapter 3. I know y'all looking at me like a dog in a new bowl. I'm actually going someplace. I want you to say, my best days are ahead of me. Exodus 3, I'm going to show you something about God. If you don't have him showing up in your life, I'm going to show you how to get him to come out of hiding. 3.1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father in the law, and the priest of Midian, and he led the flock back in the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. And so he looked, and the bush was burning with fire, but it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. And when the Lord saw, he turned aside to look. God called to him out of the midst of the bush. Amen. Let me show you something about God. He'll, he'll do things for you. But if you don't pay attention, then nothing will happen. He's not showing up. You want him to talk to you? He wants you to stop what you're doing and pay attention to him. Yeah. Well, now I go back to why I told you about Lisa. I needed her to pay attention to me. And I knew that I'm older, probably not as tall, dark, and handsome as the other guy, but shrimp made the difference. <laughs> and crab cakes and jewelry, and whining, and dining, and flowers, and, and you can't stop after you get married. Yeah. Ladies, help me one more time. Yeah. Don't stop just because we got married. You ought to chase her until the day you die. And then if you die early, come back and haunt her new husband. <laughs> no, I'm teasing you, not really, not really. Now, I want to show you something because he said this to me in the island. He said, if they turn to me at all, I will show up. But they're not even looking for me at all. Most people are not looking for God. They come and do their Sunday morning hour and a half and they're back in their business again. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. Your life's going to get cut short. 
and you're going to have a lot of problems that you can't fix. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But you're going to have to turn, and you're going to have to find him. You're going to have to go, God, I don't feel you or see you right now, but I sure would like it if you came in my house and spent some time with me. And the Bible says you draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Now, I've been in church services like this before, where the Holy Ghost starts moving, and there are people who sit there like a bump on a log, and they're just watching. And nothing's happening. Nothing. That's because you're not looking for God. You're just sitting there staring. And then you have somebody else sitting there going, <laughs> and God is all over them. And you think they're crazy. And you want to know, I wonder why he doesn't come over here and get on me. Well, he doesn't think much of you. Don't shout me down. God is not going to pay attention to you if you're not paying attention to him. He'll, he'll stay in hiding all your life. But he don't have to. You can have him every day. All right, I'm going to read another one to you. Go to Mark 6. You might as well enjoy it. You're going to be here a while. You're not very happy, so I'm reading extra scriptures. Because <laughs> happiness means that I have finally gotten through. Praise the Lord. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Mark 6. Are y'all enjoying this? Amen. I am. Mark 6, 48. Whenever God shows me something like that, I know he has a re It's not just a moment that he's talking to me. He's really showing me something important. He doesn't just jabber. God don't jabber. When he shows you something in the Bible, he really wants you to get your Bible out and go find it and pay attention to what he said because it's real, real important to him that you know it. So when he was speaking to me in the islands, I went, what is it you're trying to show me? There's a lot in here. Just a few minutes with God, and I knew that he was arresting me for a reason. Okay, look at Mark 6.48. And I'm going to read 45. Immediately he made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side of Bethsaida. And while he sent the multitude away, and when he sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. And when evening come, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. He's watching them out there. And he, and he saw them straining at rowing, and the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed by them. Why? I'm reading that going, they're your disciples, go out there and help them. But he's not going to give you the time of day. I don't care if you're rowing all night long. They are the ones that called out to him. And when they called out to him, he went to them and helped them out. But he would have just gone to the other side of the lake. And then the next morning they'd go, oh, we rowed all night. And he'd have said, I saw you. Well, did you, I walk, well, you didn't call me. You didn't ask me for help. And so I'm not helping you if you don't ask me for help. I'm not helping you at all. Yeah. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'll come over here and preach. You know, I read that one time and it stopped me. I said, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean you would have just passed them? Right. 
He ain't helping anybody that doesn't want his help. You, some of y'all going through stuff right now. It wouldn't hurt you a little bit to go, I sure need some help. You know what Sunday morning is? Worship. Not singing. Worship. This means that you, there's a God and you're not him. And get in here and worship God. Forget everybody's here. Forget the band. Forget. Just worship God. And I'll tell you something. You worship him, he'll show up all over you. Anything you want. Anything. Anything you want to know. You seek it. And he'll show it to you. Okay. Go to Luke 24. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I love preaching. I love teaching. I love it better when you do it. You can sit here like a bump on a log if you want to, but I love it when you do it. I love it when you grow in God. I love it. Oh, this morning Rodney was here. What's his last name, Ailes? Pickett. 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 How many of y'all know Rodney Pickett? He just left. Well, I was hoping he'd stick around about 10 minutes. He went to lunch. Huh? He went to lunch. He went to lunch. Rodney was living up in Chieflin? Chieftain? What's the name of that little? Mayo. Mayo. Mayo, Florida, in a mobile home. And Lisa and I, because he was a member of our church, you know, I, I don't want you to die without knowing you're loved. And the doctors gave him three days to live, and Lisa and I packed up our vehicle and took off to Mayo, Florida. Well, there's also springs up there. So we took our mask and our fins. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I know how to have fun. When I leave your house after praying for you, I might go to the springs to go swimming. Because I'm not going to take the care of you either. I pray for you. I give you to God, and I'm going swimming. So Lisa and I went up there, and I went in, and Rodney's in a bed, and the whole family's there, and they've already got him dead. You don't want family members that have already got you dead. And they're in there crying. I walked in, and I said, uh, he don't look dead to me. You want to just lay your hands on the back of their head real fast and knock the fire out of them and but you can't because they don't think you're a good pastor if you go around smacking your relatives. But I went in there and Rodney's laying in the bed and he's sad. I said, Rodney, do you want to die? He went, no. I said, well, then don't. And he's like, and I have a choice. I said, yeah, you have a choice. Whatever you desire, when you pray, you believe, you receive, you have. You don't have to die if you don't want to die. Well, the doctor said, I said, ah, he's practicing. He don't know nothing. I said, and he showed me his new deer rifle. I said, well, who are you going to give that to when you die? He said, well, I don't want to give it to anybody. I said, you want to go hunting? He said, yeah. I said, well, why don't you die after you go hunting? <laughs> I'm just having a real candid conversation with this guy who's, who, who's, they don't want him to live very long, but I think God wants him to live. Amen. I said, well, at least go hunting. And he said, I think I will. 
I said, why don't you just live, Rodney? He said, I think I will. And he walks in here a few minutes ago, and I said, I thought you were going to die. He says, yeah, that's what they said. Six months ago. And I gave him Norval's book, How to Live and Not Die, and I said, let me tell you something. Long life. See, if he turn, you turn your face to God. Listen to me. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the doctor told you. You turn your face to God, he'll meet you. And I'm going to say something else. Don't get mad at me. You don't even have to go to Rodney Howard Brown's meeting. Don't look at me. I understand that the woman in the issue of blood had to go find Jesus, but there's a lot more Jesuses running around right now than just one. And I love Rodney. I love Rodney. And you don't have to get out to Copeland's and you don't have to get out to Ramah. You can get healed right in your own bedroom because you've got God on the inside of you. Just turn your face to the wall and go, I think I'm going to live and not die and I think I'm going to have a good life and I think my best days are ahead of me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, how many years ago did they tell me I had a year? I've lost track. Back in 2005. 2005. I told them I didn't feel like cooperating. Anyway, I still have things I want to do. And if I can't do them, if I'm dead. And I don't want Lisa's new husband to have any of my guns. So, yeah, well, you can have them now, but you ain't giving them away. So that's very selfish of me, and I am aware of that, but I'm going to stick around. I just don't have... I actually don't have time to die. I'm too busy. Got lots more to do. Isn't that a better way to live? In a whole lot better way. Isn't it fun knowing that I can just go to God and go, let's talk about this dying stuff. I don't think I want to go. You said that I, you'd give me 70 years by reason of strength. And I'm going to the gym by reason of strength. 70 and by reason of strength, 80. That means if you get to be 70 and you're almost dead, you need to go to the gym. <laughs> All right, y'all, y'all are exciting right now. Go to, go to Luke 24. Y'all have gotten me so far out of the spirit. <laughs> Man, if you don't like coming to church, you're something bad wrong. This is more entertaining than anything you could ever do. 2413, behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. They're, they're, they're leaving Jerusalem because Jesus died, and all their plans had gone up in smoke, and we thought he was a Messiah, and it's terrible. And they talked together of all the things which had happened, and so it was while they conversed and talking about the things of God, Jesus shows up. You talk about the things of God, I've got news for you, he's going to show up. You talk about the things of God, Jesus is going to come. You know that scripture says, if two or three are gathered together in my name? It, it's not, it, listen, he's not physically showing up. It's, the name's there. The name's there. The name's there. He, he, the name's as powerful as he is. He says, and the name himself drew near and sent and went with them. And their eyes were restrained. They didn't know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this? You're having one another's. You walk and sad. You're just so sad. Why are you just so sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, said, oh, where, are you a stranger in Jerusalem? You didn't know what just happened. He said, what, 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 what thing? He said, concerning Jesus, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and how the chief priests and rulers took him and killed him and nailed him to a cross and he died. 
we were hoping it was him that was going to beat the, the Romans up and redeem us and get us back out of this mess. And we, just like Trump. <laughs> well, Trump's not there, but you still have Jesus, so I don't want to see no sad faces in this place. <laughs> we were hoping that it was he that's going to redeem Israel. And besides this, today is the third day, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb were astonished us. And when they did not find his body, they came and said they had a vision, and he's alive. And he says, and that is crazy. We saw him die. You know, death's not permanent. Certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman said, but him, we didn't see him. And then he said, you foolish ones, slow of heart to believe, and all the prophets spoke. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter his glory? And at beginning at Moses and the prophets, he expounded them, the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now look at verse 28, very important. And they drew near the village where they were going, and he indicated he would have gone further. Folks, listen to me. He won't hang around if you don't want him to hang around. You can have your 10-minute Bible study, and when you're done, he's done. He's got a whole world out there to take care of. He won't spend any time with you. But I'm going to tell you something. You even halfway act. I would like for you to stay a while. He'll stay. As a matter of fact, he'll go home with you, and he'll live in the same house with you. And he'll start taking care of all your mess. But not until you act like you want him. That's a very powerful statement I'm making. You can live on this earth and die and never have most of what he's died to give you because you are not paying attention. Just act like you want to be with him. Jesus, I sure would like for you to stay here tonight with me. Turn the TV off. Put the phone down. It hadn't done you a bit of good. And go, I would like to spend some time with you. And then you come back and tell me what he did. And he'll show you all kind of stuff. I don't have time. I'm going to tell you one story real quick and Oh, I've only got six minutes left before the Baptists get out. And they drew near the village where they were going, and he indicated he would have gone further, but they constrained him and said, Abide with us. It is toward the evening. The day is far spent. And he went in to stay. Uh, he, he did. He went in with them. They wanted him. He went in. It came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight, and they said, Did not our heart burn within us while we talked with him on the road? And he opened the scriptures, and they arose that very hour. They didn't even stay there that night. And returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven, and they got back in the perfect will of God. Yeah. Yeah. You, you listen to me. You will live and die and never know the will of God. Live and die, never know it. I'm going to tell you the... I am, I am so happy that the day I met him, I, I, I got very interested in him. Yeah. I've been to 20 nations. 
I've raised two people from the dead. I've preached to thousands of people. I've flown airplanes and gone snorkeling in some of the best reefs in the world. I've had a ball, and I'm just getting started. And every bit of it happened because I turned my face and I want to know what do you want to do and what do you want to do with me and what unless you and me go do it together. Amen. And I have been everything but bored. Amen. I am not even close to being bored. And I have no intention on slowing down. Amen. I still wake up in the morning and go, good morning. What do you want to do today? Amen. I want to know what you want. I told a story not too long ago, and even though I've told it to you, go to James 4, and I'm going to close. I told you the story of the, the time Jesus walked in my bedroom, and he said, I want to tell you a story, and I'm not going to tell it again. It's the story of the little boy and the nuts and the bolts and the washers, and you know the nut, nut, bolt, bolt, washer, washer. The first little boy took the silver dollar and went home and hid it. Most people take their life. And hold on to it. Yeah. And preserve it. And the second little boy took a silver dollar and went down to the local drugstore and bought hot fudge Sundays for everybody. You know, I love the Whitney Houston voice. And I believe that God gave it to her to bring him glory. And she wasted it on the world. A lot of musicians I watch. Great voice. Beautiful. What's the guy that sings? It's a beautiful world. Um, Ray Charles. Ray Charles. No, not Ray Charles. Stevie Wonder. Steve. No. Louis One, Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. <laughs> you can tell Louis loves Jesus, and I love that song. And he was never ashamed of the gospel. And he'd get up and sing, and he'd sing about Jesus. And you may have a gift from God. You give it back to him. The third little boy gave the silver dollar back to the man. And the man gave him the store. God wants to give you everything that's his now. He wants to. He wants to. But, he, but, but you're the one holding the key. I just don't know why God. I don't know why God. No, God wants to know why, not you. We've got too many young people right now wasting their life. Without God... Well, they're not without God. They have Jesus. No, they're no, they're without God. I didn't say they weren't saved. I said they're not paying him any attention, and he's not paying them any either. And they'll wake up one day and go, "That was stupid." Maybe my pastor wasn't as dumb as I thought he was. Maybe I should have gone to church a little more often and listened to what he had to say. Maybe I ought to learn something. Amen? Amen. Now, since they're not here and you are, because you're hungry, can I challenge you? Seek him. Seek his face. I mean, don't worry about what this church believes. Don't worry about what I believe. You seek God. Man, he'll show you stuff. He'll show you all kind of stuff. I want to tell a story of Justin Don Norville. There was a man, Justin sent me a link by Norville Hayes, 
And, and, and he said, I had 14 businesses, 14 secretaries. He's a multimillionaire, and he's pretty busy. And the Lord said to him, he says, go down to Fort Lauderdale and pass out tracks. He says, there's kids down there, and they're going to hell, and I want them to know me. Would you do that for me? Now, Norville's a busy man. 14 businesses. Some of y'all don't have but one. You can, you're busy. Too busy for God. And he said, so I packed up my little car, and I got my bathing suit and my flip-flops and a Hawaiian shirt, and I went to Fort Lauderdale and passed out tracks to kids and, and led many of them to Jesus. He said, on the way back, I'm going through Crystal River, and I drove by on a piece of property, and the Lord said, property. And he said, and I fell on the floor of my, my car weeping. My daughter was driving. Took his daughter back to Tennessee and came back and said, what is it you mean by property? He said, this piece of property would make a great subdivision. He said, I spent a week passing out tracks, and God made me, uh, he, he gave me a million dollars. And so another guy said, I wish he'd give me a million dollars. He said, are you willing to go to Fort Lauderdale and pass out tracks? He said, no. He said, well, don't bother because God ain't never going to give you nothing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I remember the Lord said, I want you to take this church. I went, ow, help me. And I'm glad I did. Met some of the best people I've ever met in my life. Right here in this church. I enjoy doing it now. First, that scared me real bad because I didn't know what I was doing. Still don't know what I'm doing, but at least now I know I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Bible says, draw nigh to God. If there's one thing the generation right now needs, this whole America, we're a blessed nation, but we are not drawing near to God. You want America to change? I, I want you to do the best you can to get as many good people in office as you can, but I want you to spend time on your face because unless God changes it, it's not going to get any better. And your life's not going to get any better. Until you, start, until you start turning toward God and going, I learned something today at church, and I'm going to start finding you wherever you may be. And I want to tell you something. When you do, you're going to go places you never dreamed you're going to go. You'll do things. You'll learn things you never dreamed. So I have a question for you. What school did Solomon go to? It's amazing how you can get that smart and never go to school. Don't put all your apples in the wrong place. I didn't say don't go to school. I didn't tell you that. I'm just telling you that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. And Rockefeller right now is wishing he had had a little more wisdom. He'd asked me, I'm smarter than he is. And he's a billionaire. How many of y'all ready to turn your face to God? I want you to, I'm going to pray with you right now, and if you want to, pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I know that you are a God that hides yourself. There are times when you seem far away. I did not know I hold the key. I'm the one that decides how close I am to you. Starting today, I'm going to seek your face. 
I want to know you better. I love you, God. Thank you for dying for me, taking my place. You certainly do love me. And I want to know you better. And I want to walk with you. I thank you for turning your attention to me now. In Jesus' name. When you do it, the devil will tell you it won't work. I want you to read that scripture, draw nigh to God. And I want you to read it to God. You said if I draw near you, you draw near me. And I'm going to tell you something. He'll come out of hiding. He'll come out of hiding. And he'll get all over you. And he'll turn everything in your life around. But he won't if you don't ask him. Woo! Somebody say amen. amen. Say wow. wow. Say it backwards. Wow. Oh, that's I haven't got to that part yet. <laughs> Praise the Lord. As my altar workers come forward, um, if this was the first time that you ever prayed the prayer that he just prayed, You've made Jesus a part of your life, made him Lord. If you've never prayed that prayer, Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, but you've got to call on him. You've got to seek him. Amen. And if you've never done this, come up here this morning. If you prayed that prayer, come up here and tell someone, I, this is the first time I ever prayed that prayer. If you want someone to get in agreement with you, the Bible says that if any two shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father in heaven. Sometimes you're at home, you don't have someone to agree with you, but you can always come to church here and go, I can find a prayer warrior to agree with me. If any two shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. I love Romans 1. When God made that clear to me years ago that I didn't have to try to prove God, it was amazing. He showed me that everyone on this earth that's not walking with him, they, that the Bible says they know him, but they're suppressing and holding back the truth in unrighteousness. So it changed my whole total outlook on talking to people about Jesus. After that, a young man came to me. I was talking to him about Jesus, and he said, I'm an atheist. In other words, shut up, woman. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not intimidated by you. I love you more than you love yourself. If I can save your backside from hell, I don't care what you say to me. And I looked at him and said, you know. I don't have to prove God to you. He said, preach the gospel. Tell him that God loves him. Jesus died for him. I don't have to prove nothing to nobody. And that was, wow. When God opened up Romans 1 to me, wow. I didn't have to prove nothing to nobody. I just preached the gospel. You either want it or you don't. And I love Matthew 7 and I love Luke 11. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You come up here this morning, the door will be open to you. Because you turned aside like Moses. 
and you went and saw and sought. Why is this bush burning? When Jesus indicates that he'll go further because he's a gentleman. God hides himself, but he's not hard to find. Amen? So you we hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.